This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. I'm excited to preach today the second installment of our series, True Values. Now, uh, just to quickly recap, we are really talking about values to hold, values to have in our life in an ever so shifting society. Life is happening so fast. Things are happening politically all over the world. And there are wars and rumors of wars and outbreaks and so many things going on, not just overseas, but even in America. And I want to talk together as a community about what do we value? What is your life built on? What are the values that you hold, the values that you keep? You say, these are, in other words, my non-negotiables. These are the things that are important to me. I value my spouse. I value my children. I value a good cup of coffee. Can I get a witness? These are the things that I value in my life. Something like, I value social media. So do I. Um, But but the, the things that we value in our life, I want to talk about true values, values that, that bring truth to our life and that will set us up and put us on a trajectory to receive the abundant life that God planned. It would be so detrimental. It would behoove you completely if God had planned out this abundant life for you to receive and you never got to fully walk in it. You never got to fully receive it. I want to talk about some values that are going to unlock the codes and are going to be the secret to our success. Now, these are fundamental things. They're not uh, rocket science. They're just easy, practical things because I believe in a God that our faith that he gives us, it is applicable on Monday as just as much as we can celebrate on Sunday. I want to talk today about money. I want to talk today about finances. Did you know that the Bible refers directly to finances 800 times in the scriptures? 2,000 times it indirectly, it goes after finances. It would refer to finances. And every time the Bible talks about money, it is associated with giving to the poor, being generous, and helping others. I want to talk today about a value of money, how you, your relationship with money truly is. Because the reality is all of us have a relationship with money. I just want to talk together as a church about the health, the knowledge, the fluidity of your relationship with money. And I want to go here to a famous Bible story. It's a story of a man named Zacchaeus. If you're familiar with scriptures, you've probably already heard this story. If you're not, it's one of my favorite stories in all of the Bible. Luke chapter 19. Are you ready for the word today? Uh, it's the 10 a.m. This is my favorite. I got to be honest. This is my favorite crowd to preach to the whole day. It has the most faith. Are you ready for the word today? Yeah. There it is right there. That's the 10 a.m. right there. Luke chapter 19, verse 1. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was bawling out wealthy. My translation. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, He could not see over the crowd. So he ran, ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore fig tree to see him. And since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. I love this. Jesus is inviting himself over. So he came down at once and welcomed him to his house gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter and say, wait a second, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look here, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody 
out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. So Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save that which is lost. I'm thankful today that God did not wait for me to come to a building. He did not wait for me to come to a service. But anybody grateful today for the love of Jesus, that he came to seek out our life. He came to save our life. When we were lost, we did not get found ourselves. But anybody thankful today that Jesus found you? He is the good shepherd that leaves the 99 to go find that one. This is why I love the 10 a.m. Come on, you're already understanding it. Already clapping. I'm telling you, the 10 a.m. service is the best service of the day. I want to preach a message today. You could write down the title of today's talk. It's called Somebody Open My Hand. Somebody Open My Hand. And I want to pray and I want to believe together today that God will come by His Spirit and encourage us in the area of finances. You know, they say money makes the world go round. But you know, I believe that God makes the world go round. And I believe that our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and all that is within it. One thing is true about God is that God is not just our healer. God is not just our provision, but he is the provider of our finances. And I'm thankful today that we can trust in God in the area of money. Somebody say amen. Come on, let's pray together over the message. God, thank you so much. We're mindful today of your, your grace. We're mindful today of, of your love. God, we are, are reminding ourselves of your nature, your character. God, thank you that you're faithful, you're kind, you're, you're gracious with us. Lord, we pray on a morning like today, open up our hearts so we can see Jesus, open up our minds, open up our ears, let us understand the Holy Spirit. God, thank you for all the amazing things that you're going to do. We speak over every bank account, over every home, over every single person. God, thank you that you are our provider, not ourselves. We trust you in the area of our finances. In Jesus' name, and we all said together, Amen. Um, I, I have to admit, I am not only loving wearing floral uh, jackets, but I love being a parent. Being a parent is probably one of my favorite things in the whole world. I have three children. My oldest is a five-year-old uh, little girl. Her name is Georgia. She's the sweetest thing in the whole world. My three-year-old is a little boy named Winston. He's so much fun. And my one-year-old. My one-year-old's just now getting fun. He's just now getting to that time where he can like talk and I don't just want to like hand him to his mom all the time. Like he's like, I can interact with him. And, uh, but my boys are just my life right now. My boy, like I was coming home from Tennessee this week and I changed my flight just so I can get home in the morning to play with them all day. They just, they are so much fun and they do and say the darndest things. They are just, they're out of control. Last Sunday, my son wanted to come early to church with me. So we got him all dressed and his backpack ready and he's going to come to work with dad early. So we get in the car and he's sitting behind me and we're, I'm teaching him where we're going. Some, we're going to church. We're going to go preach about Jesus today. We're going to go love on people. I'm giving him the pep talk. I said, son, we're on our way to church. Let's say a prayer right now. I said, do you want to pray? He goes, yeah, dad, let's pray. So we bow our heads and we, we start praying together. I said, God, thank you for today. You're going to use us. Thank you for Zoe Church. I pray the most beautiful, like, kids special prayer you could ever pray. Like, it's just kids catered. It's seed language. It's just the whole thing. When I said amen, I thought, this is a beautiful moment. Like, this is like precious. This is special. I said, amen. And then my son said, dad, I just tooted. <laughs> I like, this is just, 
Sometimes as a parent, you feel like, am I, am I doing this right? Like my, my sons right now, I'm trying to teach them how to share. I'm trying to teach them how to let one another have a turn. And my oldest, I'm trying to teach him that he is the example to his little brother. So oftentimes, like the oldest, he'll dominate and have like four toys and the one-year-old has no toys. So I'll try, and, I'll try and show him like, hey, you got four. Let's give him two. And the reaction that I see in my three-year-old is, to be quite honest, I think it's a depiction of humanity. Like my, my three-year-old, when I'd say, let's share, let's give, he will make this face that he'll clench his fist and he'll make this face like, <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, it's a demon right now. Like you have a demon, you're demonically possessed in three. Like, and I was like, no son, like it's fine. Like you can just, you, you've got four. So if you give them two, you each have two. And I'm telling you, like you can see the grip. Like this is a death grip. This is like, he's holding on to these toys for life. Like he thinks if he has to give this toy to his brother, life is going to end. He's, like, he's just holding on and he, 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 you can ask Julia, he makes his face where like he looks away and I'm like, where did you go? Like, <laughs> We're all right here. Like, this is fine. And he just, he's holding on for dear life with this, with this grip. And I have to, through a number of pep talks and explanations and tears, I have to explain to him that, son, you can actually open your hand and, and give to your brother. I want to teach this morning about a God that, that touches our heart and he opens our hand. That when God touches our life, when, God, when you've been touched by the gospel, when you've been forgiven of your sins, when God does something for you, he always touches our heart and then he opens our hand. He does something in our life, in our heart, in our, in, in our world, and immediately the reaction is always, God, you touched my heart, Lord. Here is, I want to tell you, God's objective with your life is to get you to live an open-handed life where you, where, you, where you hold your life like this. You hold your time like this. You hold your resource. You hold your relationships this way. The objective of God is to free you from selfishness. The objective of God is to lead you away from being greedy and to actually get you to live a life of an open hand. And I love this story. It's a story about a wealthy gangster. Zacchaeus is not struggling for money. No, he's balling out with escalates. He's a chief tax collector, which means he's balling. He's wealthy. I like that the scriptures allude to the fact he has money. He doesn't need money. He's got money. So he's, he's got money and he's heard about Jesus. He's heard about the stories, maybe of healings, maybe of raising the dead. He's heard about the fame of Jesus and Jesus is on his world tour. He's passing through Jericho and, and he doesn't have a ticket to the show. Usually, you know, Zacchaeus gets VIP treatment. I just actually choked right there. Like I just legit, like, it was a flower came off the jacket. Oh my God, I'm gonna strangle, like, that. <laughs> I don't think that's ever happened to me before. It's awesome. I wanted to keep going, but I was like, what? This is happening, like in real time. <laughs> We're never wearing this thing whole, again, ever. But um, <clears throat> so, so Jesus is passing through Jericho. He's, he's on his way. And, and when Zacchaeus hears of this, he's like, I, I've got to see this for myself. My coworker told me about this guy. I've heard of his, his fame, and I've, I've, I've got to lay on it. My eyes on him for myself. So Zacchaeus, because he's shorted, he doesn't have the VIP backstage treatment this time. The Bible says he climbs up to a tree, which I just want to take a liberty for a moment. Just say, when was the last time in order to see Jesus in your world, you did something uncomfortable? 
When was the last time you did something a little bit outrageous to go, I need to see Jesus in my home. I need to see Jesus in my life. So I'm willing to even climb a tree and do something out of my character, out of my reputation, out of my nature so I can get a glimpse of Jesus. Come on, am I preaching to anybody today that is willing to go the extra mile sometimes so you can see him in your world? Because Zacchaeus is not even a believer, but he's willing to see Jesus. He climbs up this tree and Jesus walking by it. I don't know if it was his brilliance. I don't know if it was his beauty. Something drew Zacchaeus into this figure, Jesus. He doesn't know his gospel. He doesn't know his message. He doesn't know what he's about. He just knows he's seen something and he can't stop staring. He's staring at Jesus and he's like, who is this guy? There's something radiant. There's something glowing. He's watching this guy and watch Jesus. This is so Jesus. He walks by, and just as if he doesn't notice, he stops at the bottom, looks up at the tree. I just want to tell you today, God's watching your life. When the rest of the world thinks that you're just a part of the crowd, you're on heaven's radar. God is paying attention to your location. He is paying attention to your world. Anybody thankful today that even when you feel like you're just a part of the crowd, come on, God knows how to single you out and even pay attention to your world. Jesus is walking by, stops at the bottom of the tree, and he calls him by name. This is so Jesus. He calls him by name. Did you know that God knows your name? God knows how many hairs are on your head. The Bible says that God knows about you when you stand up and when you sit down, when you go out and when you come in. God is fully acquainted with all of your ways. That's why the Bible says we cast our cares upon him. Why? Because we are sure he cares for us. He knows his name. There's power in you ever want to compliment someone. You ever want to go further in a relationship, say their name. And I'm not talking about those lyrics, say my name, say my name. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Pay attention to God because we're in church. <laughs> but he says his name, Zacchaeus. That'll get your attention. Zacchaeus, um, come down right now because today I want to spend time with you. Did you know that God wants to spend time with you? You know that God wants to pull you away from the crowd just to get your attention, just to speak into your world, just to encourage your soul, lift up your head, shape your identity. God wants to spend time with you. So he says, Zacchaeus, today is a day for us to spend time together. You know what he says? Jesus goes, you know, today I want to go to your house. Jesus does in the Bible the first time someone ever in Scripture invites themselves to somebody's house. I like that it was Jesus. That makes it permissible for you and I. We can invite ourselves over to others' house because we want to be like Jesus. So Jesus invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house. He's like, hey, uh, I need to come to your house. So Zacchaeus is like um, thinking in his head, are, are you sure? This is not just Zacchaeus' thought. This is the whole crowd's thought. In fact, as they walk away to go to Zacchaeus' house, the rest of the crowd, the religious church people, are sitting together going, are you for real? Does Jesus know who that guy is? Does Jesus realize he's going to the house? Oh, how dare he? He's going to the house of a sinner. Oh, I love Jesus. Because Jesus works opposite of you and I. Most of us, we think that if you, if you become like Jesus and you believe in Jesus, well, then you can belong to our country club. But Jesus works the opposite. Jesus works this way. He says, you already belong to me. Eventually, I know you'll come to believe in me. And then eventually, last step, you'll actually become like me. But it always goes from belonging to believing to becoming. Anybody thankful that God doesn't work backwards, but he works in sequential order? Come on, Zacchaeus already belonged to God before he believed in God. 
Some of us get intimidated because we are not yet like Jesus. Guess what? If Jesus didn't care, we don't care at our church. You don't have to be like Jesus to come to a church. You don't have to be like Jesus to come to a connect group. You don't have to be like Jesus to read your Bible. Come on, somebody thank God this morning that it always goes from belonging. Then you're going to believe and then you'll become. These guys were so hung up on the opposite. They're like, no, this is not, this is not okay. Jesus is going to a guy. This guy, he doesn't act like us, talk like us, read like us, think like us, watch our movies. This guy, this is, no. Zacchaeus felt the same, didn't he? Zacchaeus can feel the haters. He can feel the opposition. But there's something about this encounter with Jesus by the time they get to the house and he's served the cookies and the, and the coffee and they're having a meal. Zacchaeus stands up in the middle of their conversation and he's like, I just, I don't even know how we got here. Five minutes ago I was in a tree and now I'm like, um, I just got to say to you, it's Jesus, right? Um, I, I don't know what's going on, but... Hey, I'll give, this is a wealthy man. I'll give, um, I'll give 50% of my, my income to the poor. Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was selfish. Zacchaeus was self-centered. Zacchaeus only lived for himself, and now in one encounter with Jesus, he's going here? This is, are you serious? He goes, and, um, and I want to add some on top of the 50%. If I've, if I've robbed anybody... If I've treated anybody poorly, I just want to tell you, I will give four times the amount back that I took. Who is this guy? This is not the same guy that climbed the tree. This is not the same guy that went to work this morning. This guy has had an encounter with grace. This guy has had a collision with Christ. Anybody thankful today that as soon as he touches your heart, he will always open your hand. Come on, am I preaching to anybody that knows what it feels like to be Zacchaeus, that can't believe that Jesus loves you this much in the midst of your brokenness, in the midst of your mess, he still shows up and loves you where you're at. Oh, I love this about, about the encounter that Zacchaeus has because it aligns with the heart of God towards money. That when God touches our heart, he, he immediately has our finance. God, you cannot separate your relationship with God and your relationship with money. They are synonymous. They are one and the same. The reason why the Bible talks about finances 2,800 times is because money is one of the most dominant aspects of our life. And of course, God has a plan for every category of our life. God has a plan for how you steward your eyes. He has a plan for how you handle your body. God has a plan for how you handle your time. God, of course, he had thought through and he had planned out how we were to handle our money. Anybody thankful today that we don't have to figure it out ourselves, but anybody thankful that the Bible instructs us and teaches us how to handle finance? I love this story because Zacchaeus has had such a collision with Christ that it changed his relationship with money. All of us have a relationship with money. All of us have, can I just ask you, what is your relationship with money? Some of you are like, well, it's a love-hate relationship. <laughs> but what is your relationship with finance? Because right here in this moment, Zacchaeus' whole view on money changed in a moment. His whole view on finances, he used to think about getting, and now, right down point number one, he's encountered the spirit of Jesus, which is giving. The spirit of Jesus, it is giving. The Holy Spirit, when he gets a hold of your world, when he gets a hold of your heart, I love this so much, that the spirit of Jesus, it is to give. Watch how he encounters salvation. In fact, when he says, God, I'll give you half of my possessions, and 
and, and we can give it to the poor. And if I've robbed anybody, we'll give it back four times. What did Jesus say to Zacchaeus? He says, Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to your house. Now, when you and I receive salvation, when we receive God, when we receive forgiveness of sins, the Bible says we experience regeneration. Or in other translation, we get born again. In other words, I get new cravings. I get new desires. I get a new start. My old has passed away. A new has come. Zacchaeus is experiencing salvation and he's receiving the spirit of Jesus, which is to give. I want to tell you today, you have been made by a giver. God himself, the Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved that he what? He gave. Jesus loved us so much that he what? He gave us his life. So when you enter into this kingdom and you enter into this culture, you inevitably become a giver. I want to tell you that you are most like Christ when you are giving. You are most like Jesus when you're giving. You are not like Jesus when you're holding, hoarding, keeping. Don't you dare. This is my plan. This is my this. This is my that. This is, oh, this is mine. No, you are most like Christ when you live your life like this. What do you want, God? Here's my time. I'll give it to you. Here's all my talents. I give to you. Here's all my treasure. It's laid before you. What, how do you want me to budget? How do you want me to see finance? How do you want me to handle and operate with my money? This all belongs to you. My life used to be mine, but now I surrender and it's now now yours. I love the spirit of Jesus because the spirit of Jesus is to give. He's the first thing that he knew. Zacchaeus knew something about poor people. In fact, he wanted to give 50% of his money to the poor. And I just think this goes in alignment. Write down point number two. And I love this because he fell in love with God. And when you're in love with God, write down point number two. We're in love with God, which means we're not in love with money. He's like, God, I love you so much. I used to worship money. Money used to dominate my mind. I used to think about how could I get, how could I acquire, how could I obtain, but now I love you above money. I want to encourage you, don't let money become an idol in your home. Don't let money become an idol in your life. We are free of the love of money. Let's read two verses here. One's going to be in Matthew and the other one's going to be in 2 Timothy and watch what the Bible teaches us. Go and put the first verse up here in the book of Matthew if we can. If it's not, yep, Matthew 6. Oh, I, yes. Okay, don't hoard treasure down here where it gets eaten by moths and corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is is the place you will most want to be and the place that you will end up being. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 6. Watch what these next verses say. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. You know what the Bible's teaching us? The Bible's teaching us is that we are in love with God. We are not in love with money. Money is a resource. Now, I, I just want to say this as your pastor. I pray that you are blessed so that you can be a blessing. I believe that everybody wants to, to be a good Samaritan. In other words, we want to help people that are poor, help people that are needy. But in order to be a good Samaritan, you got to have a good Samaritan's purse. And I believe that it is the plan and the will of God that you would be prosperous. I believe it's God's plan to make you abundant. I believe God wants to give you great resource. Nothing about the spirit, the will, or the heart of God wants you to be in poverty, wants you to struggle, wants you to limp along. Limp along. God wants you to soar. God wants you to have so much money that when when you walk through the grocery store, you can put whatever you want in that basket. Somebody say amen. 
But I'll tell you this right now. We are not in love with money. We are in love with God. When you're in love with God, it's like, oh, money, I don't worship it. I don't bow my, because the reality is when you live to acquire, you can never get enough. The Bible teaches us that the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes can never be satisfied. You can look and look and look and look and your eye will never be satisfied because it's a lust thing that cannot satisfy. But over here, Zacchaeus found satisfaction. He said, I've been trying my whole life to get more and acquire more and have more and houses and money and all this stuff. He said, but I found something. I don't need money anymore. You can have half of it because we are not in love with money. We are in love with God. I want to teach you the key to a blessed life. And I just, I, I feel this as your pastor. I feel like I have to be honest with you. I have to tell you how to have a blessed life. Write, write down point number three today. The blessed life or the blessing of God, it is on the tithe. And I would not be a good pastor if I did not, tr- listen, our heart at Zoe Church is that you would know God, you would find freedom, you would discover your gift, and you would make a difference. Listen, all of us know God, but I want to tell you how to find true freedom from finances, true freedom from feeling like I've got anxiety about my bank account. I've got anxiety about, am I going to be able to pay my bills? I've got anxiety about this decision that's coming up. I want to give you financial freedom. The blessing of God is on the tithe. Now, I want to say something before we read these verses. I think that it's almost, it's almost like God sees it as comical in the New Testament. The New Testament gives us such little insight into the tithe because it's almost like once Jesus comes, we actually act like Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus wasn't like, oh, Jesus, you changed my life. Okay, here's 10%. That's all you get, 10%. Zacchaeus was so changed that he was like, 10%? This guy saved me from hell. Here's 50%. The blessing of God is on the tithe, but I just want to encourage you today, tithing is where we start. Tithing is the baseline. Tithing's not the end, it's just the beginning. And in the New Testament, when you encounter Jesus, you actually say, God, I don't want to just give you 10. I want to go over and above and give you more. I don't live like this. I've actually been touched, so I live like this. Watch, come on, some of you are clapping. It's the 10 a.m., I love it. I know. The five won't do this that much. It's gonna be, it just feels good, okay? Malachi chapter 3, verse number 10. Watch what the Bible teaches us. It says, bring all the tithes into the, you can just say church, into the church that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this. Other translations say, test me. Test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such, what is that word? Come on, everybody together. What is that word? Blessing. Blessing. That there will not be room enough to receive it. Oh, this is not a promise from a preacher. This is a promise from heaven. That God is saying, test me. You want to try? Test me in this. I say to my son sometimes, son, you test me. See, test my patience. Test me. See if I won't spank you right now. See if I won't. Test me right now. You better give him two. You better give him. Don't make me take off my jacket, son. You better give him two. God is inviting you to test him. I just, I've got to be honest and tell you our story for Julie and I. For Julia and I, I'll tell you our personal testimony. Because I'm I'm not trying to be a salesman and say money back guarantee, but I I just, I want to tell you the power of our testimony. That tithing will never fail you. Because God will never fail you. God is not a liar. God is not a man that he should lie. And if God is saying, test me in the area of tithing, I think just, you know what, I want to encourage you. Take the next month of your life and try tithing. Take the next 30 days and say, I'm going to be a tither. And I promise you, once you start tithing, you'll never go back. 
Once you tithe, I'm telling you, tithing affects my everyday relationship with money. Tithing affects every area of my life. I cannot separate. I do not just like tithe on Sundays and then I live my life the way I want to the rest of the week. Tithing actually affects my relationship that I have with money because it affects the way I live every single day. Because I start with a tithe to the house of God and then actually because I've already dedicated my money to God, it affects the way I spend and live my finances every single day. But I want to encourage you that you would understand the blessing of God rests on the tithe. And I'm not saying if you don't tithe, you're cursed. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying what God said. God said, I will bless your tithe. I, I will, I, the way that I see my finances, I can do more with 90% that's blessed than 100% that's not. And I want to encourage you in your life that you would say to God, God, I will not hold my money this way, but I trust in you. I value your word. I value your promises. And so I will not hold. Come on. Some of you are clapping right now because you understand. I value what you say. I'll test you and see. And God says, I'm not just going to pour out a little bit. I'll pour out so much blessing. You can't even handle it. I'll just tell you our story. Julie and I moved to L.A. We didn't have money. We didn't have a team. We didn't have offices. We didn't have a building. We didn't have nothing. But what we were was tithers. And what we believed that God was true to his word. And we came on a word from God. And we just keep tithing. I want to tell you, Zoe Church, we tithe off your tithe. The reason why Zoe has more than enough and more to do all that we can and put on Easter egg hunts and rent out cool facilities and, and, and send money to Peru and help Syria and help Aleppo and help church planners and help people around the world is because we believe the blessing of God rests on our house because we made the decision to tithe. Somebody thank God today that he is not a liar. His word will not return void. He is true to his word. Come on, anybody believe today in the power of the promises of God, he'll open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing. I am blessed. I make no apologies about it. I'm a blessed man because I tithe. I'm not blessed because I have talents. I'm not blessed because of my jacket. I'm blessed because I've made the decision to be obedient to God's word. And I got touched like Zacchaeus did when I was 16 years old. He touched my life and I said, I'll give you 50% away. Listen, listen, it was easy to tithe when I was 19 years old and all I had was top ramen. And don't you think it's the inside of God that God uses this story and he did not put in here, it's a 19-year-old college student that has $14 in his account? No, it is a wealthy man. What is the Bible teaching us? If God can touch the wealthy, God can touch you and I. God is not a respecter of man. He's not going like, oh, it's hard for them because they're wealthy. No, Zacchaeus balled out and he said, here's 50%. Because when the gospel touches your life, you're never going to be the same. When the, when the gospel of Jesus hits you, it's like money, that stuff's going to rot. But my treasure is in heaven. My treasure is with Jesus. Somebody thank God in the 10 a.m. that you have been delivered from the love of money and you want to bless God with your whole life. Oh, I couldn't wait to come preach today. Worship team, you can come join me. I just want to give you the last final thing to just write this down. When it comes to your relationship, somebody touched my heart and he touched my, he touched my open hand. Write this down. Here's the last thing. All of life. This is what we believe. All of life is stewardship. I believe this about all of life. All of life is stewardship and stewarding well what God has put into your possession. God has given you more than money. He has given you the gift of time. God has given you more than time. He's given you the gift of talent. And all of life is stewarding what he's put into my possession. And I don't know about you, but I want to end with this verse. I want to be a good steward of all that I have. I've got one marriage. I've got three children. We've got one church that we're leading. And I, to the best of my ability, I want to steward what he's put in my hand. 
Why don't we stand to our feet and read these last scriptures? Are you encouraged today by what we're talking about? Watch these last verses here. The book of Matthew. Put them up on the screens. This is Jesus talking in Matthew 25. It's also like a man going off on an extended trip. He called his servants together and delegated responsibilities. To one he gave $5,000. To another he gave $2,000. To a third he gave $1,000. Depending on their abilities. Then he left and right off the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same. But the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back, settled up with them, and the one that he had given 5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him and said, good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. I just, I want to encourage you today that you operate your finances in such a way that God says, I want to partner with you. Because I believe that if God looks at your life and he sees that he can get money through you, he'll get money to you. And I want to live my life in such a way that God is pleased with the area of my finances. Anybody else? Come on, let's applaud and thank the Lord. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.